Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. Listening to the urban sports scene. I'm Wole. And I'm alone. The other co-hosts, Ray Jeezy and Will T, are out. But I'm going to hold it down for the fellas. And we are also part of Empire Media at AmpireMedia.com. Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kine Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders insider John Kine, and Jones Football, hosted by uh, USA Today insider mike jones <clears throat> you can subscribe to our podcast on stitcher spotify itunes tune in iheart radio and google podcast just search the urban sports scene make sure you subscribe to our urban sports scene youtube channel as well hey just hit that red subscribe button and also like a bunch of our videos it is great for the algorithm that way a bunch of our bunch of our videos can show up and you know we can get some more um subscribers also um this show can be found on the podcast dc app the local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Check out our weekly NFL picks up on the Football Garbage Time website. Just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. It's part of of the urban sports scene versus football garbage time challenge. Also join our urban sports scene Facebook group. Search urban sports scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T is not in the building, but he would normally say this, so I'm going to say it for him. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. I'll talk about the Washington Commanders losing to Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings and their upcoming game against the Philadelphia Eagles with Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus Washington Commanders reporter, Donna Hopkins. Finally, I'll talk about the Astros winning the World Series and, and manager Dusty Baker winning his first championship. Eric Heisman from Locked On Astros will, podcast will join us to, this, to talk about this, to talk about the World Series. Uh, but first, right now, I have Tony McGee, Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus Washington Commanders reporter Donna Hopkins on the line. What is good, Donna? Wale holding it down in the house. Are That's you, what's happening. You know what I mean? You see me, Donna? I was, I was, look, I was reading all of that. Yeah, you know, I had to do, yeah, I had to do my reads yeah. and everything. Jesus. Jesus, Donna. <laughs> they, made you, they made you work before you even got started going into the football part of it. What? What, Donna? It's been a two-a-day. It's been a two-a-day thing, Donna. You know, I've been... I mean, I was in the office working, had to drive into the office, had to come down here, do this show, do this long read. Now I get to talk to somebody I want to talk to. I get to talk to Donna. Now I'm good now. <laughs> hey, tell the fellas, that's all right for not coming on today because I'm not going light. I'm, I'm, I'm put on the, the gloves tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm one, uh, knockout punches. That's what I'm ready that's for today. Want. Let's get right into it then, Donna. Shoot, I don't want to hey, waste hey, no time. Hey, Wally, you know what? What's this up? is a game that this team could have won. I mean, I, I it was agree. in their hands to win. Uh, and, and, you know, the Minnesota Vikings are, you know, what was they, 6-1 and one coming in? Yep. Um, but are they a really a 6-1 and one team? But guess what? I tell like people, it. hey, they're doing what they need to to still win games. Mm-hmm. This Washington 
want to be six and one. Yes. But this was a game that they literally had in their pocket and they let it slip out of their pocket. They they lost the chain, the 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 pennies or the quarters. Mm-hmm. They let that drop out of their pockets to win, lose this game in the end because again of mistakes that that you know Heineke throws the the interception, the pick. It was just mm-hmm. a bad throw. Um, but the defense, you can't say much more about this defense for the last three weeks, week after week after week. And yeah. we was hard on Jack DeRio. Yeah. But let me tell you this. Jack DeRio has that defensive side of the ball yeah. really playing well. I mean, from the, the defensive line uh, up front to the middle linebackers, they called out Jamin Davis. And Coach Hogan it wasn't even in the lineup the last two weeks. Yeah. And that middle of the defense is playing well. And then the secondary, as far as the cornerback, they are clicking on all cylinders. Agreed. I mean, every time they make a mistake, they seem to clean it up the next week. But, I mean, anytime you hold the Vikings to seven points for three quarters, you literally done your job yeah. on, on defense. The other side of the ball is not holding up. They're bargaining. Mm-hmm. But I want I to I talk about certain, uh, some positives that you talked about about this game. Um, you talked about the defense. You know, Jamin Davis has, has played well since Jack DeRio called him out and Ron and Coach Rivera. But I do want to – and you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to get somebody else some flowers. I know a lot of people will be getting into the politics and this, that, and the other. But Jack DeRio has gotten this defense balling. Like, let's, take, yes. let's leave that other outside stuff away. But we're talking about football. Like, we, we, we come to watch and we come to watch and dissect football. And what – He's done with that defense. He deserves a lot of credit. I was out there campaigning like, oh, this dude got to go. But it wasn't because of what happened, whatever his statements or his beliefs were. It was more of what I saw on the football field. But he has turned his defense around. And I've said this before. I've said this. I'm consistent when I say this. Because I was always curious why people always were so enamored. This is prior to this season. So enamored on singling out Jack Del Rio as, oh, let's get him out of here. Well, to me, if we're looking at uh, – out of the last three seasons for this ball club, including this season, this is the third season, Jack Del Rio has had the most consistent unit. But everybody was talking about Jack. A lot of people talk about, let's get Jack Del Rio out. But there's another guy on the offensive side of the ball that has been atrocious for three years. This is the third year, has been atrocious. But Jack Del Rio, at least he can say in year one, I had a top five defense. Year two, I struggled. I went, I went backwards, but it was I had some moments. Year three, you're seeing, again, something that we saw in year one. So, to me, Jack Del deserves a lot of credit. But like you said, like you mentioned, Jamin Davis is ball. I'm proud, I'm proud of that young man. He was getting so much negative flack. We're in such a negative society, especially on social media. People He stepped talking. up to the challenge. Exactly. He stepped up to I the challenge. It. I love it. I love it with him. And I'm gonna give I'm a there's a guy, there's a guy that I've been kind of dragging for like this whole season, but I thought he had his best football game in, in Kendall Fuller. I thought yesterday on, on Sunday was Kendall Fuller's best football game this season. Yeah, I think that what has helped his game also is uh, Benjamin St. Juice and how they using him and how they moved him over on the other side, which has taken some of the heat of maybe some of the best players that he has to go. Um, but I think that they're 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 solid as far as their assignments now and staying true. Uh, Ron Rivera said something about, "Hey, do what we tell you to do, and if if it doesn't work, then we take the 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 blunt of the." the responsibility on our shoulders. But a couple uh, of weeks ago, he talked about in that Chicago game about people not staying true to their assignments. He talked about that in the following game about a a couple of people not 
you know, uh, doing their own thing and whatever. And I don't know what side of the ball that was on, but uh, he called, he didn't say names, but, you know, staying true to what you're supposed to do. And that's what I think that we're seeing on the defensive side of the ball is they're playing together as a unit and complementing each other. And let me just say this, that defensive front is just balling. I mean, between... I've got to call out Deron Payne oh because God. this guy has been explosive. And right next to him is his Alabama teammate. Oh and as far as John Allen, John Allen, what he did in that Minnesota game, he, he was being double teamed and he just threw them around like red dogs. They, um, they basically harassed a Kirk cousin and made him uncomfortable. Kirk cousin didn't have a, a, a solid game. Yeah. He just made plays when he, he had to make plays, but that defense was all in the offensive line, pushing them back and being aggressive. I see the aggressive play on the defensive side of the ball, yeah. but I don't see it on the offensive side of the ball. And it's not that they don't have the talent, yeah. but they don't have the offensive line that they have as far as the defensive line on this team. And that's what's causing them some issues along with, uh, offensive coordinator, I think that he's not playing to the strength of, of of what he has on that side of the ball. You know what you've got in Kirk. I mean, you know what you've got in Teller Heineke. Yeah. You know what you've got in an offensive line. So you have to play call to those areas. Uh, and I was just talking about this earlier today. Is that maybe? And I was talking to uh, Ray Hamilton. He was a great defensive player for the New England Patriots. And I said, if you've got an offensive line with the problems that they've got right now, what would you do? And and Ray Hamilton coached also. I said, what would you do as far as to help that offensive side of the ball out? He talked about what uh, that they could have uh, Heineke drop back a little further because Wally, if I see another better ball, I'm going to go crazy. This is not baseball. Uh, As far as betting the ball, it's like four or five betted balls. It's almost like the defense just know what he's going to do. And, you know, he's not talking over the defensive linemen. So what he has to do, Ray Hamilton said, is drop back a little bit more, have him drop back, and then roll him out. I mean, you know, he's getting balls betted down right there in the middle of, uh, of the field where if they roll him out a little bit, that gives him room to see over the, the defense. So Scott Turner has to be a little more savvy as far as to, to you know, to, to get uh, him from having so many batted balls. And I just don't see the, the you know, the change up on the offensive side of the ball as far as the play calling. Because when you've got a Terry McLaurin, when you've got a Curtis Samuel, yeah. that, that when you've got even the tight ends that's that not even involved, it seems like, yeah. in the offense – uh, and then the running game is almost like it's so vanilla as far as the, the offensive side of the ball. And I want to see them attack, attack, attack on the offensive side of the ball. See, Don, I need you to be more mean, man. I need you, I need you to be I'm, – I'm, see, Don, I, 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 see, I, I want you to just call this dude out for what it is. Like, this dude, Scott Turner, is a problem. Like, he's a problem. Like, he's a serious problem. Hey, dude. Wally, I just said that he's got to get Oh, I, I need you to be meaner, though, Donna. You was not you. Hey, was hey, 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 look, look, Wally. <laughs> I don't even have to be mean. I'm just saying it. Look, look I don't have to, I don't have to uh, stop my feet. I don't have to pull my hair. That's true, that's I don't true. have to throw things uh, true, uh, the, the, the door and whatever. 
You just have to say you call it like it is. Yeah. He has to be better. This is the thing that 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 I look at. Yeah. Back in the early part of the season, when before we even started it, they got rid of the defensive line coach because guess what? Yeah. They said he's not getting it done. True, I agree. So they made some yeah. changes, I and agree. everybody's probably forgotten the fact that hey, they made that change early before the season even started because they saw some things as far as in training camp and whatever mm-hmm. that they didn't like. Yep. So I'm trying to understand what are you not seeing on the offensive side of the ball that you don't that he he was down on the field. Now he's up high. What is it that you haven't seen that that needs to improve also? So uh Coach Rivera said, you know, after the game that Heineke after looking at the films, he 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 didn't have a bad game and whatever. Uh. But but he may not have. But but I'm thinking to myself, he threw, uh, you know, look, crucial man. turnovers. Look, yeah, I'm with you, Donna. But look, this is my thing. All right, this is the thing. Like, what is not? What, what do you mean? What do you, I hate? I heard. I heard that. I heard when he said that, and I, I got annoyed because. And I'm I told myself I'm not going to like ill on Coach Rivera because I feel for him. Like I think yes. that what he's dealing with. I don't think no man. If you like, most people couldn't coach that football game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm be honest with you. No, most folks couldn't coach that football. That's game. tough. That's and tough. He kept, yeah. And he held his composure. Yeah. Even last week uh, in in as far as the press conference and everything. Yeah. Let me tell you, I I mean his composure was he he had such great composure. Yeah. I'd have been up there when you asking questions, ready to bust out. No, I'd have been probably. I would have been uh, needing uh, uh, the, you know, the river would have been still flowing and whatever. Yeah. But co- considering, you know, losing a, a loved one and, yes. and your mom, mom and whatever, oh. that would be hard to even coach or or take your mind off of that because it's looming. So, you know, I feel for him with everything yeah. he's been through from his own illness, cancer yes. to, you know, his mom and all the other things as, as this organization that that are behind the scenes yeah. that he has to deal with. He can't just concentrate on the football field without having all these other things That's off great. the field come up. So you know, I, I you know, my condolences go out to Ron Rivera for you know the loss of his mom uh-huh. and just having to deal with that emotional part because you know if you ever lost a parent, a parent oh, or anything or a loved one, and I've I've lost both mom and dad. Uh-huh. I know how devastating that can be. And, you know, him being up there holding his staff together, I said, you are better than me. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, I agree. I, agree. It, it, I would have been saying, you better give me uh, the world uh, supply of tissues. Yes. I think we all can say that. Like, come, I mean, I'm just to be, that's what I mean. For me, we can all question some of his, you know, his, some of his, his decisions during that game in terms of, you know, clock management challenges and whatnot. I'm gonna give him a slap. I'm gonna give him a pass on Sunday's game because I just feel like that's a little uh, tougher. It's tougher. I don't yeah. care. I think I, you gotta be a human being first. I know a lot of people. I've tweeted this out, and a lot of people were like, "Well, he has a job and this, that, and the other." But nah, we we're human. Hey, you got to deal with the human side yeah, of this. People human. need people need to step back yeah. because if you if you haven't been in his shoes, or, or you don't even have to be in his shoes. You you gotta have some compassion. That's what's wrong with this world today is that we don't have no compassion for anybody. So I think that you know you you gotta step back and 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 this is a pass for him because he was dealing with a whole bunch of things and whether he put on a good face and whatever, you know what he was dealing with inside. Yeah, I'm saying so. It's tough. So I I won't 
I won't bash him. Like I'm not letting I, nobody beat him up. This I know. Week. I won't. No. I won't. I won't either. I'm with you. But I will say this though, in terms of what you're talking about, the Scott Turner thing. My issue was that, like, with him is that he hasn't been proven, and he consistently does the same thing, and the nepotism. We talk about holding people accountable. I think that Coach Rivera has this dying loyalty problem. Um, when it comes to certain people, and I think that because of his, and this is my, this is my opinion, and I'm not, this is not factual. This is my opinion. Scott Turner's father got got, got Ron his first job as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Um, I, I believe he did. I think he was defensive coordinator in San Diego with Ron Rivera. And, right. Yeah, but Ron Rivera was defensive coordinator for coach for coach for Coach Turner. And then you know, obviously, he gets the coaching he gets the coaching job in Carolina, and then he brings because of loyalty, he brings North to Carolina. North brings his son. There's a loyalty aspect there. Like, I don't – and, you know, and, and he was a quarterback coach for, for a while in Carolina towards the end when he got fired. And then he, they promoted him to, like, uh, office coordinator for, like, a little bit. But then when he got here and, and, you know, he decided to bring him – he decided to bring him – bring uh, Turner to D.C. to be the office coordinator where you had Kevin O'Connell, which – don't get, get me started. Um, but you don't decided, get me started don't get there me started, either. But you, you know, decided to go with Turner. And – for three years, it's he's all been right. It's all you know what, Wally. It's it's all right if that's your decision. Yeah. But just like you said with the the players, is we're gonna coach you and whatever. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, what work? We're going to take accountability for that. So that's the same thing yeah. with your decisions as far as who you bring in on as coaching, uh, or or giving people opportunities. I believe in giving people opportunities. Me too. But, they show but you. because, but but be, if if you have a team that has not won in a long time, yeah. you're gonna try to put together your best coaching staff Great. that's able to hit the ground running, not someone that. Is just starting out for the first time as offensive coordinator. He's not his father by any means or anything like that. Uh, but but my thing is, I, I, you know, I'm going to use Coach Gibbs uh, uh, again sure. because I was the one. I was I was uh, you know covering this team when uh, Coach Gibbs was here, and when he first came on the scene and whatever, he was an offensive genius, mm-hmm. offensive minded coach and whatever, and he brought in certain people. But after he saw saw that, uh, you know, that he couldn't do this alone and whatever, he b- bought in the Petty Bones, the, the, he bought in the Joe Bugles, he put, bought in the Hannahs. He bought in a whole group that was proven in, their, in, in, in this to help him being a first-time head coach. Uh-huh. So you've got to put yourself in the best possible position uh, as far as the personnel that you bring in to help you be successful. And when you don't do that, then, you know, you've got to deal with uh, the fallout of that. And I just think that, you know, with him coming in, um, you know, needing an offensive coordinator that was seasoned a little bit, uh, that it would have helped him along the way. And like you said, Kevin O'Connell, you know, he's the head coach there and you can already see him fine tuning that with his skill set. And then, putting people in place to help him with that because head coaching job, you rely so much on your, your position coaches to, 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 you know, help you out to move your team forward. And I'm not seeing that on that side of the ball, as far as the offense right now. I totally agree. So Washington did lose the, they lost the Vikings uh, 2017. Uh, so Donna to you on Sunday, you know, Heineke had a key interception to lose the game. Uh, but who do you blame more, like Taylor Heineke or offensive coordinator Scott Turner? 
Well, I think that I I think that both have to take a little bit of the blame because uh, uh, um, he didn't throw the ball. Uh, Heineke threw the interception. I mean, it was just a bad throw on his part. Um, And you know, you uh, Scott Turner has to take some of the blame also because of the play calling and the position he puts them in. You know, to win the games and everything. So I think you can't you can't point one at one without the other one. Because I think that both of them have plays that they want back, you know, that caused, you know, them um, to, to lose this game. And it, it was, wasn't was just on their end because it was penalties that hurt them also. Yeah. Uh, some on the defensive side of the ball, some on the offensive side of the ball. But one thing I like to, uh, to highlight that we probably haven't talked about is the way the special teams is playing oh, yeah. also because that's part of the team was – a debacle uh, over the years and whatever. And so this special teams, the coverage team on the punt and the kickoff has been solid, solid play. And Tressway, you can't say nothing about him because he's been solid for the last three or four years. So he's been doing his job. And and then Antonio Gibson with a 45-yard return to open up the second half. I mean, you love him back there, but you can't put him back. I would love to see him as a punt returner. He needs to do both. All right, he needs to do both. But you, he needs to do both. You I'm can't sorry. afford to put him back there because he's uh, because J.D. McKissick is hurt right now. Oh. And, and Antonio Gibson is so entrenched in the offensive side of the ball that you can't you know, put him back there, or even Curtis Samuels that could to, could return, uh-huh. even Jahan Dotson, who, you know, hopefully they'll have him back. These are guys that could help you on the punt return, but they're too valuable on the offensive side of the ball. So I think that's the only part of the, the special teams is lacking is you got to get a punt returner that, that just, just hit those seams and stop going sideways. Uh, as Brian Mitchell said, just hit it and run straight instead of going sideways and, and, and whatever. So that that side of the, the ball, uh, you know, that they talk about the three phases of the team, defense, offense, and special teams. Well, two of them are really doing what the doing the job and getting it done, where the offense has to be able to to do their part and they haven't constantly seventeen points is not gonna beat the Eagles or most teams in the NFL. So fact uh, Eric uh, Eric chatted chatted us at A G I mean uh, Gibson can do both, but injury worry, agree with Donna, somebody else, uh, Gibson is too valuable. Uh, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, Gibson's very valuable. All right, so Donna, you, you mentioned Monday night, uh, Mon- oh, the, the commanders traveled to Philly to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, do you think, this is, since, you know, Heineke came back down to reality a little bit, but do you think that if Heineke has like a struggling game, will that be a, will, will he get a short leash? Will they go to the, the rookie, um, Sam Howe, if he's Absolutely struggling. Absolutely. N.O. Wally. That ain't going to happen. Not, ain't going to happen. If he's struggling, he, they're not going to go to him at all? Ain't going to happen because, <laughs> that you, you know, everybody is based. I mean, I like Sam Howard. Yeah. I think that I saw him in training camp. He was solid or whatever. But, but Wally, you know, <laughs> a player that plays in practice is totally different than game time. I agree. And game time is, like, intensified even more so. So I'm not saying that he can't get it done. I don't think that he w- he's ready. So you don't want to throw him to the wolves 
against See? the Philadelphia Eagles oh, yeah, in scared. a game like that. And I just I, I think that we're grasping at so many straws because we don't have many options, you know, <laughs> at that position. And so everybody's trying to say, put your Howard in. So if you put Howard in and he's a bust and whatever because he's just struggling and, and he's not ready, meaning that not a bust because I think he's going to be a decent player. Um, but I, but where do you go from there? You can't go he's nowhere else. So I just think that you got to roll with the punches that you got right now with with Taylor Heineke and and Carson Wentz, you know, in that situation. But I, I think Carson Wentz is going to have a hard time with the offensive line being what it is, yeah. and he's not mobile. And and at least with Taylor Heineke, he gives you an opportunity because he can move around and get away. So I think you're just going to have to suck it up along with everybody else for this season. And you got to roll with Atella Heineke in there and hoping that, you know, that he can use some of that magic and use some of that excitement that everybody has for him to win them some game. But he got a tall task on his hands this week on a Monday night two primetime game when you're facing a Philadelphia Eagle team that is solid all the way across the board. I mean, Jalen Hurts. You know, he has really, you know, stepped out this year and said, I'm the man. You had questions about me. Well, you probably don't have them questions anymore. But along with that, he's got a solid offensive line. He's got the receivers. He's got a running game. A.J. Brown, I mean, I mean, when you just talk about that whole scope of players on the offensive side of the ball, they are set. But then you go over to the other side of the ball as far as their defensive line and and that that side of the ball. They, I don't, I don't even see no hiccups anywhere. They just solid all the way around, and it's it's going to be a tough task for this defense. Uh, I think the defense is up for the task, but the offense is going to have to help this team, and they're going to have to play probably the perfect game and wish, hopefully, get some turnover somewhere. Donna, my man Eric has a question for you. He says the real question is how sold is Rivera on making the playoffs? Say what? My man Eric, he said, he, this Eric just has a question. For I just him. said that. Say what? <laughs> How so is Rivera on making the playoffs? Well, I think he, you know, I think everybody, <laughs> I think, <laughs> hey Wally, leave me alone. I, I think every, I think everybody, he wants to make the playoffs. Who wouldn't want to make the playoffs? And and you know, you never know because they would have to win out probably or lose one game or two at max if that's going to even be a conversation about the playoffs. But I, I, I think that, you know, that he hopes that they make it, but in reality, he knows that they got to play much better than what they're playing. They've got a chance because that NFC East between the Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to win the NFC East. Like then Dallas is playing better, and we, we can't, we can't uh, you know, look past the New York Giants uh, because – they're playing, you know, ball. They, they're playing pretty good ball in, in, you know, as far as the the season wise. So Washington has to basically be able to get a game. This game against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the divisional games, if they've got a chance of even making the playoffs, they've got to get the the one from the Giants. They got to get a, a win from the Cowboys. They got to walk away with three divisional wins at least for us to be even having a conversation about the playoffs. But instead of, I tell people, instead of concentrating on the playoffs right now, they better just go one game at a time, uh, you know, as far as trying to get wins and not look ahead to even thinking about the playoffs. All right, so Donna, you know, 
obviously this is a large, large task. It's like it's maybe an impossible task. But what are the keys for Washington Washington to pull the upset against the Eagles? You just better hope that the Eagles are looking ahead to the next game and that they're not taking <laughs> that they're not taking this Washington team seriously, serious. And uh, as I said before, this uh, this offensive side of the ball has to score more than seventeen points, and they can't start slow against an Eagles team like that. We know that the defensive line is going to harass Teller Heineke, so it's going to take Scott Turner calling his best. Uh, offensive game of the season, oh, Jesus. and yeah, <laughs> and the defense. Hey man, he might surprise you. So and the de- and the defense has to just play like they've been playing lights out. But you can't keep the defense on the field like you you've kept them on the, in the last two weeks and whatever because everybody gets tired and whatever. So I think they I think a lot of this is on the what, the shoulders of this offense and what and how they come out. And like I said, you better hope that the Eagles play their worst game and, and that this Washington team can get some turnovers and create some big plays. Uh, but if they start slow, it's it's a hard uh hill. It's a hard it's a hard hill to climb if you start slow because those boulder boulders will be coming down the hill, hitting you in the face. All right, so here here are what what people posted on our Facebook page. Uh Chris, coach uh couch coach Powell said uh, no turnovers, run the ball, extend uh, extended offensive drives. Agree with that. I totally agree with that. Um, Cornelius, yeah. my man, Cornelius, this is actually funny. What did Cornelius put? Uh, there you go. Cornelius put hire, t- hire Tanya Harding to pull up on Hurts. That's their only chance. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's messed up. Tanya Harding. <laughs> and, uh, my man, um, no hitting, no hitting below the knees. Exactly. Don't don't be evil now. And my man Daryl. Exactly. Paul, my man Daryl said, uh, if the Eagles miraculously forfeit the game, <laughs> no one believes, no, no, man. No one believes. No, no, those people have no hope. They they, they don't have no, no hope alive. No hope whatsoever. But, but you know what? Uh, that's the reason why, as a player, or uh, as you know, anybody that plays sports, know that anything can happen on any given day, and. As the players say, it doesn't matter what nobody else believes. You it's know, what you it's believe. what we believe. Mm-hmm. But 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 even beyond believing, you got to go out there and execute. Yes, you got to do it. You gotta, definitely got to do it because... Talk is cheap, as they say. Talk is cheap. Talk doesn't get you nothing but get you in trouble. Hey, facts, Donna, facts. Oh, my man, also, read one from Twitter. My man Cameron said, we possibly could get Chase Young back. So if so, the defense got to put up put the heat on Jalen Hurts. I mean, I think that's a good well, but, but but I think that I think that 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 you don't bring Chase Young I back agree. in this particular game. I, either. I, I, I think either. you wait until the following game because people don't realize that as much as you want Chase out there, that he has to get in football shape. Uh, you know, um, and I think that we sometimes we rush the process because we want something so bad. The defense is playing well. Will Chance will Chase Young enhance that defense when he comes back? Absolutely. But right now, let's not rush him back because you don't have to rush him back on that side of the ball. Now, if he was on the offensive side of the ball, I'd be kicking him in there. Yeah, if he was. But see, I want to go back to something. You talk about uh, uh, if my man uh, Heineke struggles. So I'm about to be the Heineke hater. So it's cool. I'm used to it. Um, so if Heineke struggles, right? I don't think – see, my thing is that, like, we look at the Vikings game with Heineke, like the Vikings game. I'm like, 
other than the Hail Murray pass they got for a touchdown to, Kurt, to Curtis Samuel, because that was like a Hail thanks Murray. Thanks to the official. Yeah, thanks to the, the official for like, doing the block. Like, like, that dude, I swear. Like, I know if anybody has watched, like, Angels in the outfield, like, as a kid or, you know, on as an adult or whatever. Like, Angels in the outfield, like, that Taylor Heineke has, like, Angels in the outfield. Like, Jesus definitely loves him. Like, I definitely, like, Jesus <laughs> hey, loves Taylor Heineke. Like, good to be on that side. I think he's on that side. Like, he throws passes that you're like, that's going, that's an interception. And all of a sudden, it just works out his in his favor. Like, he's favored. He's highly favored. Like, I definitely know it. Like, he's highly favored. But he's on it, but he's going to hit and miss because, yeah. I mean, a couple of interceptions are just bad balls yeah. that he's thrown. Yeah. Uh, and he could have had more interceptions with those, all those better balls yeah. and whatever. Yeah. All I'm but saying, I'm, I'm, but, but yeah. he can't even pump fake. You know how most quarterbacks pump fake yeah. and whatever a little bit because they know the, the guy because so so that's what the other teams are looking at in their film is that hey we know that he's not going to pump face yeah. so that one the, so the the Vikings defensive people Ooh, they just point. they didn't even jump they good just point. raised their hands and betted down the ball so this is not something that we're talking about just happened in the Vikings game this is something that happens in every game that he's been in so far so again what can be done to up. alleviate this coach it up. Coach it up. Yep. Like, you got to coach on tendencies and say, like, hey, do some pump fakes. But I'm like, like, all right, so other than that, like that Hail Murray pass, the dude didn't even throw for like 100 yards. Like, I'm just like, all I'm saying. It was 100. I think throw. it was a total of their like average. Like he had 150. Yeah, 149 if, yards. If, throw, if the Hail Murray didn't happen, like, and I call it the Hail Murray. I don't even call it a real pass. Like, he doesn't throw, he doesn't even throw over 100 yards. He's like below 100 yards. And that's but like Wally, what, to his defense, how often do they go downfield anyway? You can't they don't go downfield that can't, much because his arm isn't good enough. That's the problem. No, it's, <laughs> but it's not just his arm; it's that he's not getting the time because Man. of the offensive line pass blocking. Donna, his arm don't get through so far, Donna. Like it's but arm but, but, so but Wally, he can get, <laughs> get thirty yards. <laughs> oh, okay, he can throw you a thirty-yard bomb. Like that's not that's not an NFL arm. But, but it's downfield. <laughs> it, it, it's downfield. Is but but Wally, look, it's. It's not five yards. It's not ten. I, I'll take thirty. I would. I'll take 30. I would. But his decision making on thirty ain't even good either. Like he's still throwing a, a fluff he, ball. He, he the, the play, the play calling isn't for him to even go downfield. So I think look, like look, they I'm, don't even utilize the receivers look, enough. All I'm, gonna say, all I'm gonna say this: if he throwing those fluff balls to Dar- to, to Slay Darius Slay and Bradbury, oh, he gonna have more than one interception. He gonna have oh, about yeah. four or five. He gonna have throw. Well, that's three. the reason why they're running the ball, Wally. That's mm-hmm. the reason why they're trying to put the ball on the ground and so, run. So honestly, if he has a game where he throws three picks, y'all don't think Sam Howell gonna gonna snip the field? Like no, if he has he's them, not he coming in, games? Wally. Oh, Wally, man, I don't know. you didn't win. Hey, Wally, you didn't win that lottery, did you? Nah, I wish I did. I wish I did. You're not going to win that talking, you know, because Sam Howard, if you, you go on and bet your money, you would lose right there. I'm telling you, watch. Y'all going to be surprised, man. I'm telling you, Sam Howard. Look, I don't think Sam Howard, like, this is my thing. Taylor Heineke makes rookie mistakes. Sam Howard can, can make those mistakes. Like, he can do the same thing that Taylor Heineke does. He can throw the ball up in triple coverage. He could do that. I don't know if Jesus so, is going to so be on his side. So how does that make you better? I don't know. He's going to be on Jesus. How does that make you better? The only difference is Jesus may not be. The only thing is Jesus may not be on his side. I don't exactly, know. Exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> at least how did he know that Jesus is on his side? I know. He know. He definitely knows that. <laughs> and at least he knows he's got favor. 
He's favorite. He knows that. He definitely knows he's favorite. That's I'd rather take favorite over anything. <laughs> hey, John, you ain't lying. That's the truth. We, we agree on that. Rather take favor over anything. Oh, my God, John. I'm about to cry now. <laughs> oh, you, need, you need to cry talking that foolishness. <laughs> I hope they win, man. Like, though, Don, before I let you go, like, let me know. Give me a prediction. Give me a score prediction. Hey, Wally, I try not to be with predictions because I can't even predict. I can't predict with this team, but I can just say that they've got to go up there and, and have a strong game. I mean, they can't have any hiccups. That's all I'll say is they can't have the hiccups. Can they beat the Philadelphia Eagles? Everybody would look to say, no, 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 nope, not that team. But I always say that, you know, with the right circumstances and the, and the stars all aligned right, uh, anything is possible. All right, Kevin. Will Kevin, it be hard? Kevin Garnett. Yes. I feel you. Kevin, Kevin Garnett, anything's possible. See, now you knew it. Yeah. Kevin Garnett, I got you. Anything's possible. I wish I had the soundbite. <laughs> I don't have it. And uh, you better, what they say, the four-leaf clover, uh, cross your fingers, cross your toes, uh, pull out the rabbit foot. That's what you're going to need, all, all of that. that. My man Eric says 24 to 21 Washington. I mean, Washington, 21, what, Eric? 24 to 21 Washington. He got it close. Tell Eric he got it close. I didn't even have that close. That 24, that, all right, Eric, I feel hey, but who thought? Who would have thought that the Minnesota Vikings game would be that close? So I did, because Kirk Cousins. Know. It's Kirk Cousins. But That's guess what? Uh, Philadelphia is not Minnesota. This is true. This is very true. And Philadelphia, and you know, Minnesota's defense is actually one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And we only scored like 17 points. And that's because hey, but you know what, Wally? Uh, we, when I think about uh, the NFL, who would have thought that Buffalo Bills last week would have lost, lost to the Jets? To the I agree. Jets. I agree. And, and Josh Allen has his worst game of the season. He just looked awful. Just well, got defense uh, too, Hurts though. could possibly have that too. That's true. So I'm just, I, like I said, I'm not going to say that it's impossible and whatever because, you know, you Buffalo, you know, who would have thought that they would have lost to the Jets? Not saying that because the Jets are a much better team this year, but still, you know, crazier things have happened and whatever. So I wouldn't count the commanders out because it's a court know what team comes to play on Monday night. So and true. the pressure is on even more so on a Monday night with everybody. You just don't want an ugly game. Oh, Let's I, just say that. Well, you don't scared. want a body bag game. You remember that? I'm getting, I'm getting, I remember, I remember that. I'm getting Michael Vick vibes on Monday night where they scored like, where the Eagles scored like 50 on Washington. This, ugh, well, getting, I remember the body bag when. Oh, uh, I, remember, uh, I remember that game too. Brian Mitchell oh, had to play quarterback out. and play quarterback. I remember yeah. that game too. I remember that game. So, yeah, I don't want another one of those ever. That's a nightmare for me to even talk about it. Ugh, I remember that game too. That was terrible. That that game terrified me as a, as a fan growing up. I hated that game. So, Donna, before I let you go, where can folks catch catch your weekly show and other content, and how can they catch you on social media? Please mention your Twitter. Yes, yes. <laughs> Donna J. Hopkins on Twitter, DJ Hop32 on Instagram, Donna J. Hopkins on Facebook. Uh, you can catch the Tony McGee's Pro Football Show on Wednesdays and Fridays at 10.30 on Mid-Atlantic Sportsnet, Masson. And then you can catch it again at 9 o'clock on Saturday mornings. And uh, if you can't catch it on Masson, our YouTube channel, Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus, uh, you can catch it on our YouTube channel. And then in the minute is our podcast, a roll-off spinoff of the Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus show. Uh, we've got great guests. And this week on Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus show, you got to watch it because we got some Hall of Famers on there. 
Oh, that's awesome. Hey, Donna, thanks for being on. I appreciate you. We're going to have you back on. Always good to kick it with you, okay. Wally, but no, no Howard. All right. No and okay. okay. No. no. Okay. I'll, for now, for now. I'll, I'll be, I'm with you for now. Just for now. All right. All right. Always <laughs> fun kicking with you. Right, and tell the fellas that didn't show up today, yeah. I'm out for them. All right. Cool. Get them, Donna. Get them. Get them. <laughs> All right, Donna. Bye. <laughs> hey, again, that's Donna Hopkins. Check her out, man, on Masson. All right, man, Dusty Baker finally gets his World Series title. Locked on Astros. Eric Heisman will join me after the break to talk about the Astros winning the World Series. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saint for ages. You dig? Deuces. And I apologize if this message gets you down. Then I CC'd every girl that I'd CC round town. And hate to see y'all frown, but I'd rather see her smiling. Witness all around me, true. But I'm no island. Peninsula, maybe. Makes no sense. I know crazy. Give up all this pussy cat that's in my lap. No looking back. Spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors. They dip as quick as they can. The atmosphere is now ripped. I'm so like a pimp. I'm glad it's night. So the light from the sun would not burn me on my bum when I shoot the moon. High jump the broom like a preemie out the womb. My partner yelling too soon. Don't do it. Reconsider. Read some literature on the subject. You sure? Fuck it. You know we got your back like Cairo Pratt. Tick if that bitch do you dirty. We'll wipe her ass out as in detergent. Now hurry, hurry. Go on to the altar. I know you ain't a pimp, but pimp, remember what I taught you. Keep your heart three stacks. Keep your heart. Hey, keep your heart three stacks. Keep your heart. Man, these girls are smart. Three stacks. These girls are smart. Play your part. My bitch a choose it, lover, never fuck without a rubber Never in the sheets like it on top of the cover Money on the dresser, drive a compressor Top notch hoes get the most, not the lesser Trash like the fuck for $40 in the club Fucking up the game, bitch, it gets no love She be cross country giving all that she got A thousand a pop, I'm pulling billions off the lot I smashed up the gray one, bought me a red Time we hit the parking lot, return head. Some hoes wanna choose, but them bitches too scary. Your bitch chose me, you ain't a pimp, you a fairy. Listening to the urban sports scene, I'm Wole, and my other co-hosts Ray Jeezy and Will T are out, and we are part of Amppire Media at amppiremedia.com. All right, man, we got a newbie. We got a newbie right now. I have co-hosts of Locked on Astros and Talking Stros, Eric Heisman, on the line. What's up, Eric? And welcome to the urban sports scene. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Dusty Baker led the Astros to their second World Series in six years. So that means that we are a dynasty, no matter what everybody thinks across the nation. I actually agree with you. I think you are a dynasty as well. And we'll get into that, though. I totally agree with you. So before we start, can you right. tell our listeners about Locked on Astros and, and Talking Stros? All right. Well, Locked on Astros is a daily podcast. We normally go 30-ish minutes every uh, weekday 
And uh, Talking Strohs is once a week on uh, part of Galley Sports. I don't know if you saw the guy that bet a lot of money on the Astros and won. Mm. Well, he actually has a sports website, and wow. so I'm part of that website called wow. Gallery Sports. So, wow. uh, so I do two uh, two podcasts talking about the Astros, and I love it. It's a great team, man. I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an O's fan, so you have a former Oriole and and, and Trey Mancini. I'll talk about him later, but. I, I do like I do like the Astros. I, I love good baseball. I'm a, I'm a baseball fan. I love good baseball. So so Friday the Astros, you know, they closed out the they closed they closed out the Phillies um in Game Six of the World Series. The Astros won four to one, um and and the series four to two. After the series was tied two two, how was this team able to win the next two games? I think that uh, it's especially after going to Philadelphia, uh-huh. the Astros got punched in the face with Lance McCullers giving up five home runs and seven earned runs in uh, what four innings. That was kind of the Phillies really got a big surge of momentum, and you needed somebody like Christian Javier in Game Four to basically go out there, shut him down, and that's what he did with the combined no hitter. And that's, that set a tone for the rest of the series, saying that, okay, well, if you can't score runs against your, the starting pitcher, then you're not going to get to this bullpen. And the Phillies kept on trying to score on the starters, but they couldn't from that point on. And so that's what the Astros were able to capitalize after game three. Mm. So um, we met, you mentioned Dusty Baker, um, Astros manager Dusty Baker. He finally got his first World uh, World Series title. How valuable has Dusty been to this Astros organization? I know that he's got a lot of crap over the years about he doesn't know how to run a bullpen. He doesn't know how to uh, handle pitching staff. And but the Astros are two two uh, sorry two hundred thirty and one hundred fifty four since he came to manage the Astros, and he's guided them to two American league championship series and two pennants so basically what he's done he was only supposed to be here basically as a okay after a cheating scandal you just had to fire your manager yeah, of course, yeah. so we need a hard-nosed manager to come in and just shut the media down shut down opposing teams and that's what dusty baker was because he dealt with this stuff with barry bonds and other players uh-huh. in the in the past so uh, that's what his the original thing was, but the players started liking Dusty Baker, and from what I understand, all his old players like Dusty Baker. Does he make all the best decisions? No, but um, if you look at the Astros during the World Series and the whole playoffs, they were wanting to win this for Dusty Baker. I love it. I loved it, and it's it's crazy because um, I've always been a Dusty fan. Like uh, in terms of, I just felt like he just like you said, he's made some. Some questionable decisions down in, in, in the postseason, but when you look at his body of work and every ball club he's been to, he's taken that team and improved that team. He's taken them to the, the postseason. He even took the Reds to the postseason. I mean, look, we did it here with the Nationals for a, little, for a while. He had a bad rap. And we're located here in, D, in the D.C. area. He had a bad rap with the Nationals, but he helped make. He helped, he made a lot of players better. A lot of a lot of players loved him. Um, he had issues, with, you know, like you said, managing the bullpen, but. But I, I'm, I'm just so happy to, for him to get that that championship. I think he's well deserved. To me, he's one of the all time great managers in our era. But to, but getting a World Series solidifies that. You know what I mean? Getting that championship with the with the Astros going through that all the hate that people spew against the Astros about oh they cheated this that and the other. But him him knocking out all that noise and him having his players focus 
in on this one common goal for two seasons, to be honest with you. Because the year he took over, people were thinking like, oh, this, this team's a cheer. Not good. They're not, they're not going to be successful. Well, they succeeded. They had a good year. They proved the point that they're just, this is a quality baseball team. This is one of the best baseball teams in all of, all of all of Major League Baseball. And to me, Dusty kind of helped solidify his legacy and winning a championship. And also, to me, solidify this team, of like you, like we talked about earlier, of being a, leg, of being, um, a dynasty. Yeah, and he had to have some deja vu because back in 2002, I believe it was game five or one of those games um, – the Angels had yeah. a, sorry, the Giants had a 5-0 lead, uh-huh. and then the Angels overcame that lead, and then the next day the Angels would go on to win. Uh-huh. But uh, that was kind of similar situation in Game 1 of yeah. the World Series where Justin Verlander and the Astros built up a 5 nothing lead and then blew it. So this has only happened twice in World Series history, and it happened both times as Dusty Baker was the manager. So you know that had to be in his head. And the players probably are like, yeah, the players like, we got to get this. And uh, Dave Stewart said some good things about him. He said that I was thinking about quitting uh, pitching just because I wasn't doing any good. But then uh, Dusty Baker said, you're going to regret that. Don't let these people take money from you. And don't, and don't ever get your uniform back. Make them take it. And so then he would go back and have four 20-win seasons. So Dusty Baker has a good influence on not only his players, but other players across the league. So true. All right, so rookie shortstop Jeremy Pena with World Series MVP. How good could this kid be? Uh, I think that you've seen glimpses of what he can be. I think that uh, he the only reason why he wasn't qualified for rookie year, I still think that's stupid, but um, – he did go through a little rough patch where he was struggling and uh, they figured out that he couldn't hit certain pitches, mm. namely the slider. So mostly the pitcher, the pitchers were both sliders against him. Uh-huh. But as we saw in the playoffs, he oh. figured out how to hit the slider. Sure so good players learn how to adapt. And if you look at his history, not just, um, not just in the major leagues, because this is his first postseason, but mm. in the minor leagues, in the winter league, He's always been great in the playoffs. So when you have people like Miguel Cabrera and uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. playing in the, on the same team as you do, and you're the superstar of that game uh, in the Venezuelan the Winter League, that says something. Let you know, definitely does let you know. I mean, this this, this Astro team is is packed. Um, even I love, I love I love Alvarez. I think Alvarez is, is a star too. I think so much young talent, uh, even even with some of the vet veterans like Jose, like Jose Altuve. Um, so the Astros, you know, have like we've talked about earlier. The Astros won have won five AL pennants since since 2017, two World Series championships. I'm gonna ask you a question again. I heard you said it, but I want you to say it again and go in detail with it. Are the Astros a dynasty? Uh, yes, a lot of people will say, well, shouldn't you win more than two World Series? And one of those should uh, both should be legitimate. Um, I've heard that, but um, if you look at the uh, '90s Braves, a lot of them, a lot of people called them a dynasty, even though that they only won one World Series. But they just had this pitching staff that just carried them through. Yeah. The Astros pitching staff has changed so much, and with all the names that we have lost, Garrett Cole, uh-huh. Dallas Keuchel, um, Charlie Morton, for them to end up with this team, and this is the best pitching staff they probably ever had. That, that just says something about uh, the Astros um, uh, growing 
from within and uh, knowing which players to go get. So no, you don't have to always go get the top free agents, but you do have to spend money when you need to, uh, AKA Justin Verlander. Yeah. And he got his first world series victory, which I'm happy. I'm Justin Verlander is one of my favorite pitchers. I'm glad he got that victory. Like the, I hated that, that little asterisk on, on him that he hasn't had a world series victory. Um, so when it comes to, so back to like the like the the whole cheating whatever with people the the narrative that people want to put out there to me baseball you know it's it's wild how the Astros people want to punish the Astros for you know what the scandal or whatnot but to me to put an Astros on it is kind of weird to me because there's so many different baseball is there are so many other elements of cheating in baseball right that people don't frown upon or talk about or, or whatever or say this that, that this team doesn't deserve this because of that the Astros to me. The play on the field, like you can tell that, like you can read, your eyes aren't blind. Like it's, it's a, it was a dominant program. It's a dominant baseball team. It's always been a dominant baseball team. It wasn't dominant because they were cheating. They were dominant because because they were good. There, it's, 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 it's wild how I feel like there's some jealousy with some of the play, some of the, the fans and some of the players that say, oh, they cheated. It's because you couldn't beat them. You know what I mean? Like they, you knew they were flat out better, so you just want to, you want to lay on the sword of they cheated. Yeah, and uh, I think I think the fact that they've gone to ALCS yes. uh, six for six uh, six consecutive seasons that shows that yes, they did cheat in 2017. Yeah. Did they need to? No. no. But there's certain players on the team that felt the need to do it, and one of those players was not Jose Altuve, and uh, he was actually he would actually get mad. Mm-hmm when somebody would do the bang when he was at the bat. And uh, so, yeah, there were certain players that thought it was uh, to their advantage. Some players thought it was stupid. I think Josh Reddick was one of them that didn't contribute. Um, Tony Kemp, if I remember, was one that didn't um, take advantage of it. But uh, the sad thing is the Astros did not need that, and we've seen that. We've seen how talented this offense is. And yes, it took a back seat this year. It took, it kind of took a, a back door just because uh, you did lose Carlos Correa and you have some rookie bumps with Jeremy Pena and you have Alex Bregman kind of coming back into form. You have uh, who, Jordan Alvarez, who was on fire to start the year. Then he hit a little wall. Yeah. So uh, it, the offense has just been hit or miss this year. But as we saw in the playoffs, they can do enough to get the job done. Yeah, I mean they, were, they had a dominant playoff run. To be honest with you, one of the best, one of the better, one of the better playoff runs uh, we've seen in recent history. All right, so um, in your opinion, do you see? Do you feel like this Astros team is the favorite for next season to run it back to run it, to run it back? Uh, Vegas already has the Dodgers as the favorites, but uh, the Dodgers have to actually. Win I know. <laughs> during the postseason when it's not a Mickey when, when it's not a Mickey Mouse season. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sixty game season, yeah. but um, uh, yeah, it depends on uh, what the Astros do with free agency. Um, are they going to bring Yuli back? Uh, is Justin Verlander going to walk? Even mm-hmm. if he walks, the Astros really have a deep enough pitching staff to withstand it. But you still would like to have JV on the mound, and I know his history in the World Series, but still. Uh, you needed him in Game Five, um, and uh, definitely what Framer Valdez did in Game Six was great. Uh-huh. So if Framer Valdez is the ace next year, that's great. Uh-huh. But the big name to watch out for is Christian Javier. Uh-huh. I think we've seen him blossom, 
at, into a top-of-the-line starter, and on most teams, he would probably be the ace. Oh, yeah, I agree. Now, I, want, I want to go back to something you said about Justin Verlander uh, is playing game five. It wasn't his best stuff, uh, but he still was able to get through, you know, get through multiple innings, giving up only one run. Yeah, well, you're giving him one run. And I thought that, you know, he could have got rocked, but he kind of had some key strikeouts, some key pitches, and then Dusty pulled him at the right time. I thought it was a gutsy performance. It wasn't his best best stuff, but he got he got the job done. I think he deserves a lot of credit because a lot – to me, the Phillies with that offense, they could have easily, you know, did some damage to him. But he was being that veteran pitcher, being an ace, being a Hall of Famer, being to me one of the all-time great pitchers that of, of our era, watching, you know, watching him play baseball. Um – I thought that was a that was a key performance. I think it deserves more credit because it, again, it wasn't his best stuff. Yeah, and he had his best stuff in game one, yeah. but one play where he dropped the ball uh-huh. that could have been a double play to end it in the inning led to uh, like three runs or something like that. So yeah, I think in game five he he wasn't he didn't have his best stuff, but he knew how to pitch and he was a little bit more focused than he was in game one. Totally agree. So, Eric, this has been dope. Before I let you go, can you remind our listeners about Locked, uh, Locked, Locked, um, Locked on Astros uh, a podcast and Talking Astros? Also, um, let, our, let our listeners know how you can find you on social media. Okay. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me at Eric Talk Stros, and you can find Locked on Astros at Locked on Astros. We are on YouTube, and we're getting close to 6,000 subscribers, so go ahead and subscribe to us. Awesome. Uh, Brett and I do a great job, and uh, Talking Strohs is a uh, weekly podcast. We do it uh, once a week. We try to do it about 20 minutes every Sunday, and we will be doing both shows all off season. So what are the Astros going to do? Is James Click coming back? We know Dusty Baker's likely being re-signed tomorrow awesome. for a one-year deal. Awesome. But we don't know who's gonna come back, so that's how you can find us. Cool. So, are you guys? Are, are, is there any talks about keeping Trey or Trey? Is Trey Mancini gonna walk? Um, I'm not sure. I, I think he struggled a lot. I know he did. But Trey did. he seems to like. I think he liked playing in Houston, and I think that maybe there's a lot of pressure coming into this team to yeah. perform, and maybe now that he's won the World Series. If he comes back with them next year, we know he plays great defense. Mm-hmm. We know what he did in uh, with the Orioles. Yeah. I think with a full uh, spring training with the Astros, I think we could see a total, totally different Trey Man team. So I'm aboard for it, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I root for Trey. I mean, cancer survivor, I root for Trey Man team. I do, I definitely do. Hey, Eric, well, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. No problem. All right, you have a blessed one. Thanks again. Okay, All you right. too. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Again, that again, that was Eric, um, Eric Heisman. Uh, make sure you follow Eric on Twitter at Eric Talk Stros and locked. And also, you can follow you can follow Locked on Astros at Locked on Astros. All right, this has been a dope show. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on Twitter at urban sports scene ig at urban sports scene and like our urban sports scene facebook page make sure you subscribe to the urban sports scene youtube channel as well check out the home of the urban sports scene which is Empire media at ampiremedia.com and and this show can be found on podcast dc download the podcast dc app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content hey thank you all for tuning in 
This has been a great show. I want to thank Donna. I want to thank Eric. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank my man Eric on the chat for chiming in, giving us all that insight, all those little questions. Man, Eric, you're the real MVP. Anyway, I appreciate you all for tuning in. Also, my girlfriend, Kara, because I can see her listening to the show, too. Appreciate her for tuning in to the show as well. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Spot site. About Aegis, Yiddy, Deuces, Amega. Lead us out, big homie. Peace.